I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. First off, I just want to publicly shout out um, a big thank you to everyone who came to the Joy of Giving donation drive this year. uh, We donated over 13 bags of clothes and shoes to the Downtown Women's Center and a ton of much-needed supplies to the animal services out in Ventura County. Um, And I am so grateful that you all decided to um, go through your closets and go to stores and uh, spend your hard-earned money to to help those in need this holiday season. So thank you to every single person who donated uh, to the drive this year. I, I so, so, so appreciate it. And I appreciate all of you. This week on the show, I have Kian Talon. You may know him from NCIS Hawaii, and uh, we have a great chat, and it was so fun talking to Kian, and um, he just has such a bright future ahead of him and all of the great things that he wants to accomplish. So here's my conversation with Kian. And welcome to the show, Mr. Kian Talon. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Okay, first off, before we get started, um, you have a picture of a cow behind you, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> I can't tell you how happy that makes me. It's a bull. It's a bull. Okay. Yeah. I love it. 
Wayfair for twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Good old Wayfair. Well, yes. I love it. I think it's fantastic. So well done on the home decor there. Thank you. It's my second passion. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show today. You're on the new NCIS Hawaii show on CBS, which is cool in itself because do you get to actually film in Hawaii? Like, do you get to actually live there and like have a life in Hawaii? Yeah. So I've been living there since um, June, but I'm in New York right now uh, for the holidays. And then I fly back um, in a week and then I'll be there until March until we wrap. So yeah, Hawaii is like Oh, amazing. That is so cool. So do you like go to the other islands when you're on break in between different episodes and stuff? So I haven't, but that's definitely on my bucket list before we finish season one. Um, I kind of just stay in Honolulu um, for the most part. Wow. I mean, you're literally filming in paradise. I mean. It's a a different world. It's kind of crazy, especially from being the city. Yeah. Um, it's it's so different, but in the best way possible. Was that like a shell shock? I feel like that had to be a bit of a shell shock going from loud New York to just the silence of like the ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's different different people, uh, different vibes. Um, but like, I really appreciate like the people in Hawaii because they just have different priorities than people in the city. You know, it's mm-hmm. less like work and more about relationships and family. So like being surrounded with that for a little bit has been like, I don't know, really opened my eyes to like, what are my priorities? You know, Mm. we're like New York City is just like hustle and bustle all the time. Yeah, no sleep, all work, no play. (laughs) For sure. Um, That brings up an interesting point. I mean, I feel like I've, I've thought about that actually a lot recently with the pandemic and lockdown, especially last year, what what it's like to live a life that is a bit more grounded in just relationships and and the essentials of living rather than all of the big aspirations and the work and everything that goes into being a filmmaker, an actor, anything like that in our industry. It just seems like I don't know that I could do it. I don't know that I could just be like on a farm or something and not have a crazy amount of workload all the time. Yeah, I honestly can't do it either. I mean, <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely uh, like when I'm in Hawaii, obviously I miss New York and I like, I kind of miss like rude people just like pushing me on the street, you know? Yes. That's just like, I'm just like a city boy for life, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think there are moments that, you know, it's nice to take those, those breaks. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's sure. like it's like a mini vacation and just being mm-hmm. able to, to I mean, even when I go to New York, sometimes it's like vacation for me because it's like I'm seeing my best friend and I'm mm-hmm. just like hanging out with her family. And to me, that's like vacation. But really, it's still city and crazy. For sure. Where are you from, actually? I'm in Los Angeles, but I'm from Portland, oh, okay. Oregon originally. But I live in L.A., but I go to New York a lot because my best friend's out there. Okay, back to NCIS, since we're Mm -hmm. getting sidetracked. Um, (laughs) Tell me a little bit about the audition process for that, because that had to have been pretty wild, being such a large part of a a massive franchise. Yeah, so it's actually kind of funny, because it it wasn't 
like I've been in audition processes where it's like been like three months or more. You yeah. Know? <laughs> this was the fastest. I, I, I it was really like hard to take in just because like I sent in a tape and then I went straight to a network test deal. No. Yeah, without a callback or like anything like that. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, and then like three hours after the test deal, they I got a call from my manager telling me I booked it. So it was like when does that weird, happen? Never, never, never. Um, I don't know if it was oh COVID or I don't know, but I got lucky. <laughs> I mean, talk about like right place, right time, right everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I'm very, very lucky. Um, it's so funny because the entire time I didn't think I was going to get it because I just <laughs> didn't think that I looked like my mom on the, yeah. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, eh, I'm not going to get it, but it's all right. It's a great experience. Cause it was my first network test deal. So like I was excited just for that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was bizarre to even like look back now and, and see how I got the role. Yeah. And- I mean, that is a wild, a wild like whirlwind almost. I mean, I just, I can't even get over how crazy that is. Yeah, I know. I know. So, well, tell tell the, the listeners a little bit about what it's like when you enter a network testing room, because it is a lot different than being in a room with just the casting directors and the producers. I mean, that room is usually filled to the brims. So I think it worked out in my favor because everything was virtual. Oh, it was during COVID. Yeah, it was. Um, It was in June. June. And um, I think what people don't know about network test deals is that they are so stressful because you basically get the contract before you audition. So Mm -hmm. you like, they're basically like, here, here's everything that's going to change your life, but you don't know if you booked it. You know, <laughs> and it's like, all right, no pressure, it's fine. Um, so that's like the worst part of it. Um, and then also, they basically have like a week period where you can't do anything, like you can't audition, yeah. you can't say yes to any other thing, and because they have you on hold. Um, so yeah, that's like the I'd say the craziest part about <laughs> testing. I mean, it is pretty wild. I've I've done I've done a couple test deals before, and it's it's pretty crazy that it's like you sign yeah. essentially your life away mm-hmm. for like you don't know how many years because you don't know mm-hmm. how long the show will be on if it gets picked up, and you're signing it away, but you still don't know if you're yeah. actually gonna be able to do it. And also, like the chances of you booking on the job are like zero you know yeah. like there's that <laughs> it's luck it's it's not luck it's skill but there's also luck has to play in this yeah. industry of course um so yeah you're like I'm, I'm like you get you see all the perks and yeah. then they say no like if they said no to me after i signed that contract i think i would have gone into a hole and just yeah buried myself from personal experience i can tell you it it is literally just a week in bed under the covers with only ice cream and mac and cheese <laughs> and probably some good shows. Like there's probably some friends going on and yeah. Grey's Anatomy so I can cry and that's it. Yeah. 
I mean, that happens to me for callbacks. So like, I couldn't imagine how much more after a test deal. Well, let's, let's go back to, to the beginning, to your beginning and talk about, um, what, what made you want to be an actor? Like what, what was that moment in your life when you were like, oh man, I'd like to torture myself for a long time and become an entertainer. Yeah. So I actually got my degree in computer science. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I was working a tech job, just like a nine to five tech job in New York City. Um, and then I was like, I don't know, I just felt like I wasn't passionate about anything. And I also just like was scared to like even like talk in public. Like I was very reserved and like Aww. shy. I know. I was like a little baby. Um but one of my friends was an actor, and uh, I took a summer class with him. Um, and then I signed up for the two-year conservatory at William Esper okay. um, in New York. And I just, like, I don't know. I fell in love with it. I, I felt like I I found, like, this voice that I didn't even know I had, and, and oh. it just it felt so good. I remember my first time, like, getting – emotional because I, I don't even get emotional with like my family or like friends but I got so emotional in this one class and it's a feeling I'll like never forget and like it felt like I was being truthful for like the first time in my life mm. so ever since then I kind of just fell in love with the craft of acting and kept going that brings up a a very good point which is um classes really can do that for you like I know mm -hmm. that, you know, we all get busy, especially when we're working, but it's so nice to be able to return to a class and continue working that muscle and that craft because you never know when you have, when you're going to have that moment of like complete clarity within a scene. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it's like, I don't know, it's so hard to explain it to people who, who aren't actors, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's like this. It's like you're seeing an open sky for the first time. Mm -hmm. I've actually been in the class the entire time shooting NCIS Hawaii. Um, Smart. Yeah, on Mondays. And I, sometimes I don't do well, to be honest, because I'm yeah. just not prepared for class. But like, I get more out of listening and watching. Mm -hmm. That just like inspires new thoughts in my head. And I just love being in that environment. Yeah, well, and I mean, it also brings up like, you know, on set, it's going to be a lot of people always telling you you're doing great, which obviously we all love praise. Hello, we're entertainers. But um, it's yes. nice. <laughs> it's nice to have the person be like, no, that was wrong. You did it mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. Go think about what you did and come back with something better. <laughs> like, oh, you need yeah. that. Yes, yes. I mean, the class that I take. Uh, my teacher, she, Diana Castle, she grounds me like no other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on set one day and I'll be like, oh, this is amazing. I'm living my dream. And then yeah. I go to class and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, are you even putting any effort? And I'm like, you're right. I'm not. I'm so sorry. I never do <laughs> yeah. Wow. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working eating, or even listening to this podcast. 
And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Well, now that you've told me about, you know, how you got into acting, what was the what was the first job that you booked going into this side of your career? Um, so I did a lot of short films and a couple feature films. Um, I love working on independent projects. Um, it's like one of my favorite things to do and I hope to return in the future. But I think one of the first jobs I booked was um, a co-star for a Netflix show. Okay. And it was like a, a, a educational kids show. Heck yes. <laughs> Which was so much fun. Like I had a blast. But that was my first time on like a big budget set. Wow. It was mm-hmm. okay. You have to break this down for me. An educational kids show. Like was Big Bird walking around? Like what no, was no, no. happening? <laughs> it was it was like a modern it was produced by Pharrell, which was Oh dang. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that okay. was awesome. But um it's just like every episode is a new topic. So like um I was in the episode uh where the topic was dreams and the Aww. lead character dreams about these like five guys and I played one of the guys. <laughs> Now, wouldn't it have been so funny if the episode that you did ended up being about, like, computer science? Oh, I'd, I'd be down. <laughs> You'd be like, I got this. Everyone yeah. else can go home. Exactly. They know what I'm doing. <laughs> For real. I would have loved that. Um, and you mentioned you worked on a lot of shorts. And I love working on shorts, even oh. now. I mean, it's funny. the The connections that I make through short films provide I don't know for me at least have been longer term relationships than most of the feature films I've worked on yep people hate on shorts and I don't know why and it's the most satisfying I think experience is is working on shorts and because you get to and you never know where they're gonna go too Mm -hmm. like I just I did a short that was an NYU short right Mm -hmm. not paid like (laughs) But it ended up going to Tribeca and HBO Max. See? So, like, you just never know. And you just get to work with, like, usually it's, you know, young creatives who are, like, you know, trying to pursue a career in this industry. Mm -hmm. And just 
being around people who kind of relate to like the struggle and like the art is just like so good for the soul, you know? Well, yeah. And it's, it's just, I feel like when you're working on short films, there's just a, a larger bond almost because mm-hmm. it is, you kind of are in the trenches and you're like, what are we all doing? <laughs> and you're questioning things, but it's always fun. And I don't know, I just feel like the the relationships that I've made from short films, most of them have lasted longer than any feature films that I've ever been a part of. Same. And Which honestly, is weird. Yeah, but like you don't do shorts for the money. No, you do it for the fun. You do it because you love to do it. That, yeah. And when you're surrounded with all these people that love to do it, it's like impossible to, you know, create those bonds with those types of people. Yeah. I mean, I did... <laughs> did a short in when was it 20 it was before lockdown so 2019 about um a family who adopts a cabbage patch kid and they think it's real um and creed bratton from the office played my dad and he was like doing the cabbage patch uh voice as well for like the son and i was the daughter Mm -hmm. who was like what is this why is this happening to me but you're not going to make a feature film about that. But yeah, as a no. short film, like, oh, my God, how fun. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that. And honestly, I would totally watch a feature of that, to be honest. <laughs> but only with Creed because he's he's funny. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about the Filipino American Charity Trust. I read that you work with them, so I'd love for you to educate our listeners about what they do and your involvement in the Filipino community. Yeah, so um, I've been part of the organization ever since I was like a kid because my mom was a member, um, and I grew up in New Hampshire, and this organization's like in the East Coast, like New Hampshire, Massachusetts area, mm. um, and I grew up in like a suburban town with like no Asian people at all. So like <laughs> having this in my life, like kind of saved me to be honest. Cause Aww. I like had like this identity crisis of like, who am I? And, um, being a surrounded with this organization and what they do is they just bring people together, um, bring Filipino people together. They also do like, um, charity stuff for people back home. Mm. Um, they do a lot of events. So, having them in my life um, was the only time I really felt like I saw people who were like me, um, which definitely influenced, you know, how I grew up and um, very grateful. Aw. I mean, that has to play a big part too in, um, in your career, right? I mean, being able to be that person for the Filipino kid in New Hampshire growing up and him seeing you or she seeing you on screen. I mean, that's, it's big and it's a very needed change that we needed, but I mean, it's, it's gotta be cool to, to feel like you're a part of that. 100%. I mean, I've never seen a Filipino family on, you know, network television ever. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I get to be a part of this like growing process is is pretty awesome. Um, and also, Alex was the first Filipino character that I've ever auditioned for. No way. Yeah, I usually go out for Korean, Chinese. I've even gone out for Latino roles. Stop and, it. 
No, I swear. I mean, you know, your reps push you just to be seen by casting, but like right. if there's, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. And that's what I was doing for a very long time. So I think everything happens for a reason. And it was for me to, you know, get the opportunity to audition for this role and then <laughs> book it. I don't know. It's crazy how the world works. Truly. I, I can't get over this was the first Filipino role that you auditioned for. Yeah. Well, I've I've done like uh, shorts, right? For like, but this is the first like network big, big net, thing. Net. That's amazing. I mean, it's crazy. crazy, crazy, and then to actually book it, then go live in Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> to be in it. And Hawaii is like majority Filipino. It's like yeah. all Filipinos. It's crazy. Wow. That's so yeah. cool. God, I love that. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously that kind of answers my next question, which was going to be, how is this NCIS different than the other ones that we've seen? Yeah. Um, but I mean, how, like, how do you feel that this show is kind of, cause it's hard to be in a, a franchise that's so big. Like it's like the law yeah. orders too, right? Like there's so many of them. You just don't know what's happening. But um, this one is obviously incredibly different. But how do you feel audiences like will re react to how different it is from the other ones? You know, I'm going to be straight up and tell you that old fans who have been fans of NCIS forever, some of them are probably not going to like our show. Mm -hmm. um, it's just because it's so different, I think, from the original because – I mean, you have the first female lead of a fran of this franchise. You have so many diverse actors. You have LGBT um, agents on, on the yeah. show. And so, like, it's just – I love it because it, it – how do you show a modern world without telling these stories, you know? Right. Right. And so, well, like – it's it like you said, it's modern. It's inclusive. It's actually yeah. representative of real life. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, other NCIS shows are not as progressive, I think, in, in terms. Um, so I'm ex I'm proud to be a part of the show because, like, the stories that I get to be a part of, um, we have an episode coming out that talks highly on, you know, being Filipino-American family and also dealing with racism. And the fact mm. that I get to tell that story is just, like, such a dream. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't, it's it's going to be some people's cup of tea and some people's not, but I'm really proud that the show is taking steps to, you know, tell these unrepresented stories. Yeah. Well, on this show, we like to share audition stories and I know you've shared your NCIS story, but um, are there any stories that you would like to share with our listeners? The amount of times I've cried after <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I've been so close to jobs that and like projects that I would I'm like I I would love to work with that director or love to tell that story and it's just the name of the game, you know? You it's most likely a no. <laughs> and so there actually during the NCIS process, um I had two other callbacks for two projects that I loved mm. um, and both were a no, um, <laughs> but um, 
there was there was one it was for <laughs> i know what you did last summer on amazon oh yeah yeah i <laughs> this was like right when like auditioning started coming back um okay. in january and <clears throat> the entire uh, everything was virtual so i had callbacks i had producer sessions and my computer just wouldn't work oh no and so they were like we we can't hear you and um so i had to do it like six times and they still couldn't hear me and i was like oh like, my god yeah it was that's, the worst that's so sad too because it's like completely out of your control like yeah and once, what are you going to do? Go to the Apple store and like say, excuse me, can I just do an audition in the corner really quick? I know. And and it, once you get like that feedback of like they're stressing out, it makes you stress out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, obviously didn't get that. But if I did get that, I probably wouldn't have gone Etsy, Hawaii. So. so there you go. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And they actually shot in Hawaii too. Oh, weird. Yeah. What is up with you in Hawaii? Like, does Hawaii I don't know. just want you to move there, or what's going so. on? Yes, <laughs> so. Um. Well, I'd love to know what you, because you know, this is a fairly new career path for you. For sure. I want to know what what it is that you see yourself doing in the long run. Like, what kind of films or TV shows appeal to you most? Do you want to get behind the camera at some point? Um, what are your aspirations? I mean, I definitely want to get back to telling more independent, you know, stories and films. Um, I just love like the freedom of, you know, feature films and like Mm -hmm. short films and stuff like that, where you get to really just experiment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And also, like, I definitely see myself in the future getting more behind the camera in terms of maybe producing or or writing um, and just bringing more Filipino stories, you know, to the mainstream media because you got to stop thinking that someone else will do it, Mm -hmm. and you got to just do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's true, and now we live in this, incredible time where we can make our own stories and we can Mm -hmm. get them out there and we can find our own distribution. We don't have to wait Mm -hmm. around for other people to decide that we're good enough or we fit their mold or we are the person from the writer's dreams. (laughs) Like we can do what we want to do now, which is so exciting. For sure. And honestly, like writing in general just helps you become a better actor anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I suggest all actors to try to write their own stuff because it makes you read text better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I was always yeah. told as a kid to read a bunch of books. Always read books. For so sure. you're learning how to create characters in your head. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Where can people find you on social media to keep up with everything that you're doing? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, but don't really post on TikTok. But you can follow me anyways. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And I can't wait to see all the stuff that you do in the future. Oh, same, same for you. Same for you. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you again to Kian for coming on the show. He is just so funny and oh man, um, I just had a great time talking to him. So I'm, I'm super excited to see where his career goes. Tune in next week for the final episode of Thanks for Coming In this year with the wonderful Miss Crystal Lee Brown. We have a great talk about making films that are based on true stories and inspiring people, and she's incredible. So tune in next week. Until then, make sure to follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. We post really cute video clips. And hey, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, now would be a great time to do that. You can also rate and review and leave us some stars and some love because that really helps. And I know you're so sick of hearing podcast people say that, but like it does. So please do so. And um, until then... Thanks for coming in. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care. Dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.